Hi, this is Dion Bake from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 110. If you're looking for the skills and tools to succeed in real estate investing, you've come to the right place. This show is about breaking through barriers, breaking through limiting beliefs, and breaking through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sandy. Thank you for joining us. You're Thank here. you. Always excited to be here again and uh, record some more great content for our uh, amazing listeners and uh, followers, which we have an amazing amount. I'm so always uh, humbled to see how many uh, people are reaching out to us and uh, liking our shows, subscribing. Obviously, we want to recommend that they keep doing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to say one thing before we get into that is happy birthday. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I guess we haven't talked. Well, we haven't talked uh, on the show at least since then. No, it had, well, it was just a couple of days ago. Yeah. But I haven't talked to you since then. So happy birthday. How was it? Thank you. Uh, pretty laid back. Nothing big. Like I, we were just talking about, we we're going, uh, going away actually uh, today uh for a southeast asia asia trip so that'll be that'll be the birthday celebration so yeah we cornered you for one last show before you head out for a couple weeks Mm -hmm. that's right good stuff okay well everyone listening should go over to our website breakthroughreipodcast.ca and there you can get every single episode that we've downloaded and we have fixed the itunes feed oh geez boy i just jump ahead i can't stay focused on one thing but the itunes feed is fixed now it came to our attention a little while ago that um, that there was only 50 episodes available and people were going, where can we get the rest? Well, now to jump back, you can get the rest at breakthroughreipodcast.ca. Um, you can see uh, all the blog posts that we've written, all of the, you know, you can sign up for our tours and uh, our information sessions and all of that stuff that we've got going on. So go over there and check it out, breakthroughreipodcast.ca. And then go back to 2014, believe it or not was what our first episodes they go all the way back and listen to those first ones again mm-hmm. um, you can do that on itunes for the now. first time or just to just to go through it again because why not it's yeah interesting to see how, how long ago and what we were talking about back then and uh, right. where things are at today uh what else anything else we got to cover before we get into our our uh interview well, here? talk about itunes iTunes. oh and and yes. we have a free gift at the at the website we're on fire today yeah so they, yeah, we do the ultimate uh, strategy for building wealth through real estate that they can pick up and uh, download. That'll be come when they uh, jump on our email list and stay up to date with everything we've got going on. You'll get that free report as well. So they can take that and apply to their real estate investing businesses. Um, iTunes for sure. Go subscribe on iTunes, leave us a rate rating and review always helps us get the show to more people and uh, share the content and get us all more educated and allows us to, to build up the, the great quality of guests uh, on the show. So go ahead and do that. Anything new happening on, on there, Rob, today? Yeah, actually, we've got one new review that I'm going to read now. It's five stars. A uh, person says, free education, five stars by Ferd North, I think is how they would pronounce this. Uh, short and sweet. So here it is. Hey guys, really love the content of your podcast. And I really wish I'd found you guys podcast earlier, but I guess it's better late than never. Thank you both. Keep it up. There you go. So that's one more satisfied person listening to the show. And, uh, I would encourage everybody to go over and leave a rating and review and, uh, yeah, keep them coming. So, Sandy, what's new? Uh, where, so, where are you headed to? You no, know I got a wedding in Thailand. Um, I have a cousin who lives there and has some. Uh, uh, has lived there for a while, marrying a, someone that that's from there, a Thai woman, and going to hang out with them, uh, have some fun with that for a week, and then if you're going all that way, we're gonna do a bit more traveling and uh, have some fun touring around. So, Thailand, we actually got a Cambodia 
for two days and uh, Singapore for two days. Right on. Okay. Yeah. That sounds awesome. So you're going to cool. see a lot. All funded by real estate investing. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I, that I know is like, it may be counterintuitive, but definitely if you're going to go visit any of those temples, you got to bring pants. So they found out they wouldn't let, they don't no like shorts. No yeah. pants. Yeah. So right. bring them with you. Otherwise they, 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 uh, they, they charge you too much to buy a pair before you go in. Sure. Someone's got to have capitalized on that. that yeah. That yeah. That's right. That, right? It's a good business. Yeah. Sell pants right outside the door. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get into this. Yeah. We've got another, uh, actually a past guest on the show here. We've got Elizabeth Kelly standing by and Elizabeth is an experienced real estate investor for more than 15 years. She's uh, has a passion for helping people achieve their financial dreams through the purchase of investment properties. Uh, Elizabeth specializes in the acquisition and management of rent to own and multi-unit residential properties. And in 2010, she and her husband opened Standstone Management, a full service property management company. And they're now the largest rental housing provider in Kirkland Lake, Ontario. And recently, uh, they opened EK or recently Elizabeth opened EK consulting and coaching to assist both new and experienced investors, uh, plan structure and creative finance for their real estate portfolio so they can enjoy early retirement and leave a legacy for their families. And, uh, she was our guest on episode 51. So we're going to have uh, one of our few repeat guests we've had here. So she's obviously got a lot to share and we've, we're happy to have her back again. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Thanks so much, guys. It's an honor to be back again. I, I'm excited to hear that I'm one of few uh, two-timers. Yeah, very few, very few. But we are w- very happy to have you back. And thanks for joining us again. It, it's my pleasure. You guys are, are, you do such a phenomenal job providing great information for, uh, for people who are investing in real estate. So I, it's fantastic to be here and be able to add a little bit, hopefully, to, uh, to the experience your listeners have. We know you will for sure. So like Sandy mentioned a couple of minutes ago there, you were our guest just over three years ago, believe it or not, uh, on episode 51. And then you were an investor and you still are, but you were a mortgage agent then. And we Mm -hmm. talk mostly about incorporating on that, uh, on that show. So go back and listen to that. If you haven't episode 51, there was a lot of good information, but that was a while ago. So Mm -hmm. what have you been doing since then? Oh, not much, you know, just sitting around the life of a real estate investor, right? We just spend all day watching soaps and eating bonbons. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, let's see. So since then, um, I I, I don't talk much about this, um, but um, we had a a bit of an experience with... um, in something that happened in Kirkland Lake, um, my husband unfortunately was actually assaulted by uh, three tenants. So um, by June of 2017, he wasn't, uh, he was not doing very well at all. So um, he took the next six months off work in order to rest and recover and recuperate. Um, he was subsequently diagnosed with PTSD. So that's something that, you know, we normally associate with first responders. Um, And I think it's maybe one of the parts of real estate that we don't talk very much about. Um, But definitely there are, you know, some, some downsides to, to investing in real estate. However, the, the upside is so phenomenal that I think, you know, as investors, that's what we focus on. But um, anyways, that episode with my husband led to me actually having to close my mortgage business and um, move full time to Kirkland Lake. So it was a big change. I mean, I, I born in Halifax, grew up in Scarborough, was living in Newmarket, and then just to, you know, to, to all of a sudden move from, you know, everything being at your fingertips to a, a small Northern town where you, I mean, I spent a lot of time here, but um, this was no hundred percent, like change all your addresses, change everything. You're, you're not going back again. Um, <clears throat> so that was a, a big adjustment for me. Um, you know, Kirkland Lake has a population of 10, 12,000 people. And um, it's very different living in Northern Ontario. As you can see, I mean, you guys look, you know, very presentable. Um, this is what I would normally wear to the office on a given day. It's, uh, it's about minus 20 up here right now. Uh, we're expecting snow today. So, you know, it's, it, everything is just very different. 
But it's amazing when you go through those periods that seem so dark and so um, overwhelming and you don't know, you feel like you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I look back, you said it's been three years and I think, man, I would not be who I am. I would not be where I am if I hadn't gone through those, those challenging times to help me figure out, you know, who I am. And there's such opportunities for learning and growing and, and discovering new things about yourself. It's given us an opportunity to refine our business model, to really drill down. Um, we've got some fantastic staff in place now, which has then given me the opportunity to to step away and focus on the thing that I love the most and that I'm most passionate about and that's that's um, coaching and, and public speaking so it, it starts a little bleak but man oh man three years and I can't believe where we are now it's just amazing and um, he's hopefully doing well now uh, he is he is better uh, he's definitely better. The the thing with PTSD um, is that sometimes you go through periods, you have, you know, rough days or you go through periods that are rough and, and it really, that's one of the great things about real estate is we can be flexible. And if he's, you know, if something's happened and he's not doing too well, then he takes the day off or he takes the afternoon off and, you know, being up North, he can literally throw on a pair of snowshoes and disappear in the bush for a few hours and get that, you know, restorative downtime that he needs to kind of ground himself and, and come back. Um, it's, I think it's going to be the type of thing that really you're probably dealing with for the rest of your life. Um, so that's given me the opportunity as well. I'm looking at a couple of different opportunities. What I'd like to be able to do is, um, I'd like to be able to do some charity work and, and give back a little bit. Uh, I just have to figure out exactly what that looks like. So that's, what's coming in the future for me, but something definitely around uh, PTSD and mental health for sure. Mm -hmm. But that it's good to hear that he is, but I was afraid to ask the question, but you know, Sorry, uh, I did I? <laughs> the air like that, right? So I still haven't quite figured out. Uh, I'm not that great at talking about it yet. Um, partly because I know he's a little uncomfortable about it, but mm. partly because unfortunately it's something that really there is not much shared about it. And people, you know, there's such a stigma and people spend so much time trying to hide it. And the reality is he's the same person he always was. We just have to approach things a little bit differently. You know, I sort of pick my times. We make sure that, you know, his evening is his downtime. You know, he doesn't, um, you know, we keep his days sort of compressed as much as possible. You know, eight hours is kind of the maximum. When he first came back, he was working 20 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. So it's, he's come, uh, he's come a long, long way. And it really is just about figuring it out. Right. And, and to be honest, I kind of think that's what life is and it's what marriage is. I mean, you guys are both married. I'm, I'm sure you look back and go, you know, the person I married isn't necessarily the person that you know, who, who I'm with now. So mm -hmm. um, that's the beauty I find of, of real estate though, is that it gives us the freedom to have our own journeys, to have our own personalities, our own paths. And what it really comes down to is what does this journey look like for me? What am I going to do with my time? How am I, what is the legacy I'm going to leave? What is the impact that I want to have on the world? So you mentioned there that you had to sort of shut down what you were doing and move up and refocus. So what did that look like? <laughs> do you want the honest part or do you want the, the part that most people would talk about? It's always what we want. Okay. The reality is there's going to be hard times, but for those of us who stick with it, that's the only way to get through anything, right? Mm -hmm. so, so of course, yeah. Like, I mean, we want to hear that it was a struggle, right? You can't just always have peaches and cream. No, it, it was definitely a struggle. Um, I, I am a very type A perfectionist personality. So I knew that I had some mortgage clients that, um, that I wasn't going to be able to finish doing what I wanted to do for them. And, and that was really hard for me to, to deal with. And then, you know, I got to Kirkland Lake and he'd obviously, um, my husband had obviously been trying for a while to, to try and get through without maybe wanting to face or without being honest about what a, a difficult time he was having. So there was, there was definitely some messes to clean up and, and some real challenges. Um, it was a lot of 18 hour days. Um, 
And it was, you know, being able to humble myself and be able to reach out and say, you know what, I I can't do this on my own. I need help, you know, talking to my staff and saying, you know, I hate to ask this of you, but can you give me some extra time so that we can try and figure this out? It was, you know, reaching out to my network of friends and saying, you know, this is the position I'm in. And it required me to be really vulnerable, um, which is something that, most of us are okay doing, but we're okay doing it in private and maybe with select people. And what I got back, I was absolutely amazed. I mean, there were two girls in my network who, two ladies, I should say, I shouldn't say girls, but two ladies in my network. And um, I knew them and was friendly with them, but I never would have asked them. And they literally dropped what they were doing and they came up and gave me, you know, four days of, of support, of companionship, of brainstorming. And, and they literally sat down and, you know, they were making phone calls and they were helping me rewrite processes and systems. And I, I mean, the, the give back was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I was very overwhelmed um, with the, the support that I got. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean that it was an easy road. You know, we had some tough decisions we had to make. We had, I did some restructuring. Um, I made some revisions, those kinds of things, but you know, I look at where we are now and I know if we hadn't gone through that time that where we are now would not have been possible, at least not in the same way. And then from a real estate standpoint, um, as far as what you were doing in your business there, did that, mm-hmm. uh, did that have to change? Did you, you were investing in the same things or did you have to readjust that as well? Well, what it actually required us to do was we really took a good look at our portfolio and, um, it's funny because um, as real estate investors, we get very attached to numbers. So the number of units that we have becomes, you know, of infinite importance. And I think that's the wrong number to talk about. I think what we should be talking about is what is your cash flow per month? You know, what is your return on your investment? Because just because you have X number of doors doesn't mean you're maximizing their performance. It doesn't mean you're generating positive income. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean that, that you've optimized everything in your portfolio that you can. So we've actually spent the last couple of years sort of repositioning. There's a couple of key buildings that for one reason or another, we've decided to let go from the portfolio. And what that we're basically doing is sort of, I don't know, I kind of view it like a topiary, you know, like, like we're, we're like a hedge or whatever. And we're just sort of trimming off some of the stuff that doesn't really fit with the big picture that we want to have. Um, so we're, we've identified the buildings. I mean, we're in a smaller market, so we're not going to flood the market and, and suddenly put, you know, several buildings on, um, up for sale at once. But, um, we we're really focused on, on maintaining buildings that we can have a significant impact on and ones that, um, you know, where we overcommitted or overestimated timelines or whatever, then uh, we're letting some of those go. And um, what we're actually doing now with our business is we're giving people the opportunity, excuse me, to do the Burr strategy, but in a very hands-off way in Kirkland Lake um, so that they can acquire a building, you know, 15, 20, $25,000 a unit. Um, We'll come in with our renovation team. We'll get the renovations done, get everything fixed up for them. Then they can refinance it and pull most, if not all of their money back out again. And now they own this, you know, cash flowing asset that's in great condition with minimal repairs and maintenance required. And, um, and we're sort of the facilitators of that. And that's kind of, I don't know. I guess in my background in not-for-profit and working for charities, for me, there always has to be a, a scenario. You always have to create a scenario where everybody benefits. Like it's not just about, you know, what's, what's in it for me and what's my bottom line. And I just want to make money. There has to be more to it than that. And I, you know, we're focusing more on community outreach on, on, you know, supporting the community of Kirkland Lake and, and the residents and um, being active and productive members of society as a whole as well. Uh, in addition to providing, you know, high quality rental housing. So you guys have shifted to more of a construction uh, aspect. Is that what you're saying? Or I, I think, 
when you look at the bigger picture, it's more about overall comprehensive investor support. So whether someone would like to acquire a multi-unit building and they need property management, um, if they need an engineering inspection, my husband's a professional engineer and he will go out and do engineering inspections, whether they need, <clears throat> excuse me, coaching and support on how to acquire multi-unit buildings, whether they want to, um, do to execute the BRRRR strategy, but they don't feel confident in their knowledge. So we're basically looking for a way to take the lessons that we've learned in real estate and the portfolio that we've built and be able to benefit other people. So it's not, for us, the focus has, it's expanded. It's not just property management or just acquiring, you know, a large portfolio. It's about how can we utilize the knowledge, the information, the systems and processes that we've created over the years, how can we use that to assist and support other investors uh, in their growth? Because we wouldn't be where we are. You know, I, I can name, you know, five or six people off the top of my head who have been absolutely instrumental in, in helping us get to this point. And if people Sometimes there's a scarcity mindset out there where, you know, everybody's in competition. You know, I, I think it's great. You guys are, are both realtors, right? And you would think that you two would be in competition with each other. But the reality is together, you're doing some pretty amazing things. Mm -hmm. So 55,000 other ones anyways. <laughs> just, uh, just and I are in competition against them. That's it. <laughs> you're a team, a team against them. Absolutely. But it, it's the same type of thing where, for me, there just has to be more in it than, you know, I just have, I, I have, you know, X number of doors. There's got to be more to it than that. Because when you go, when you leave, you're not taking, you know, I'm not going to write, I have X number of doors on my tombstone. Like, not. what am I doing beyond that to make the world a better place? Let's it sounds cheesy. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Not at all. Um, let's talk about just so people can get an idea. Let's talk about what your business looks like. Like, let's give us an overall picture of what your business looks like. Okay. So looping back a little bit to what we talked about in, in 2017, where we talked about um, the, the corporate structure and everything. So we have an overall holding company um, and then we have um, businesses or companies, corporations underneath that. So some of them are active, you know, our, our property management company, our construction company, our consulting company, all of those would be active businesses. And then we also have our passive businesses and they're the ones that actually own um, the properties, they actually own the, the real estate that, that we're buying. Um, part of the reason we love that structure is because it gives us the ability to partner with different people, um, to be able to look at different investment opportunities, to invest in different markets, but to be able to keep each of our investment activities in sort of a small silo. Um, so the rent-to-owns that I do with my business partner, um, Michelle, you know, those are completely separate and someone can invest with us and know that, that it, they're just investing in that particular project. It doesn't get, you know, lumped together into this huge mush ball of, you know, different partners and um, different strategies in different markets. So um, basically what we've done is, is continue to, to grow uh, in terms of the, the, the services we offer, the activities we're, we're doing and, um, and our portfolio as well. We're actually looking at, uh, I have a couple of different markets right now that I have my eye on. I'm just um, sort of watching a little bit and just kind of seeing what happens. Um, but I definitely, I, I have a couple that I, I'm, I'm checking out. And do you mind if we ask what the portfolio looks like? We're approaching ownership slash management. Uh, we're, we're approaching about 400 units now. Okay. <clears throat> And were you, um, were you always investing in Kirkland Lake? Is that something just out of living there or was that always something that you've been into? No, we started in about 2010. Um, we just were running numbers. My, my husband being the engineer, he's a, a numbers guy. So he would sit up for hours and hours every night. And back then it was called ICX, but I guess it's realtor.ca, um, the commercial sort of website now would be the equivalent. Yeah. Um, so he would just literally, he started at the bottom and he was just running numbers, um, looking for multi-unit buildings where that actually provided the cash flow that we wanted. And we wanted a hundred dollars per door. Um, so we, uh, we started at the bottom and we got to St. John, New Brunswick. And so we started buying in St. John. And, uh, then when 
you know, we, my husband gets, um, <laughs> we, we tease him that he's a little bit ADHD because um, he'll get focused on one thing and he loves the thrill of the chase. And then once it gets to the point where, you know, basically anything beyond negotiating the offer, um, he's already sort of moved on and he's looking for, for the next thing. So I have to come in and, you know, figure out the closing and all the systems and processes and the management and everything else. Um, anyways, so he moved on to Kirkland Lake at that point and, um, there's some definite advantages um, to investing in New Brunswick. Um, obviously, one of the biggest challenges in Ontario is the Residential Tenancy Act. So that's definitely one thing I encourage new investors to do is please, please, please check out the Residential Tenancy Act in the province before you make a firm decision on what your market is going to be. Um, because every province across the country is definitely different and some are um, a little more in favor of the tenants and some are a lot more in favor of the tenants. And please don't misunderstand me. I've been a tenant. I'm not in any way um, uh, saying anything from that perspective, but definitely what I, I as a property owner would very much like to see is a much more balanced residential tenancy act that rewards good tenants for being good, good tenants and, and holds, you know, bad tenants and bad landlords responsible for, for the, their behavior and their decisions. And unfortunately right now, that's not really what we have. Yeah, I think like what you're <clears throat> what you're saying is just the fact that, excuse me, <clears throat> wow, if somebody knows how to work the system, they can definitely do that in Ontario. Absolutely. Yeah. The system right now is so broken. Okay, so, man, see, we are still on question one. You realize that? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sorry. Good. <laughs> how much we don't know. So, so you've talked about a lot about what you've done in the past. What kind of properties are you investing in now? We're looking at multifamily. Multi-units. Yeah. Is that uh, six units, 20 units, 15, everything in between? I personally, I, I really like the five and six unit. I just find that it's easier to um, select a good tenant base. Um, it's easier to, because we, we try and make sure that the tenants are going to get along harmoniously. Like we're not going to intentionally put someone into a building um, knowing that, that, you know, maybe they have young kids and it's a predominantly senior building and the kids running up and down the hallways is going to be upsetting for everyone. You know, we try and, um, we try and set everybody up to to be happy in their homes. Um, and I find, I personally like the five or six unit. You can still get some residential financing in some places. Um, it's relatively easy to manage the, the size of the building and the tenant profile and that kind of thing. It's also relatively easy to affect change. Um, that being said, there's tremendous advantages to investing in, in commercial, you know, multi-unit residential type stuff, six units and up, because, or um, upwards of six units, because um, the financing, the financing is just, I mean, you know, you, you buy the right building in the right neighborhood with the, the, right, um, the right condition, and with CMHC, you're looking at 15% down. And that's, that's, hard to, that's hard to pass up, right? It is. Yeah. No, because uh, uh, most of us are looking in the, when we're talking about the residential stuff, at least the small stuff that uh, a lot of the investors are doing around here, putting it on 20%. Mm -hmm. So, and that can mean a huge difference in the purchase price. Absolutely. So do you mind sharing a little more how, how, how people get that 15%? What does, what does that look like with the, that model? Well, you, you'd want to come in, you want to come in with strong investors who have the ability to qualify and you definitely want to have a strong building um, that is able to provide the kind of cash flow and, and numbers that you're definitely looking for. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but it also means that, um, that it, it's going to take a longer time. So obviously you apply uh, for the traditional financing and then CMHC steps in and does their whole um, analysis thing, which can take, you know, six months sometimes for them to make the determination about whether they're willing to offer that extra, um, the extra coverage for the, uh, the financing. But it, it really makes a tremendous difference to cash flow for sure. We've talked a lot about challenges already, I think, but um, uh, mm -hmm. any others that have stood out in your time, uh, you know, obviously we talked about a bunch there, but maybe, maybe more so specific to uh, what you've been doing rental property wise and what, how you've adjusted your business and what are some big challenges there? 
Um, some of the biggest challenges I, I think have been, I mean, always um, you want to look at scalability in a business, right? So, you know, when you start off in real estate and you've got your own, you know, you're doing your self-management, then you don't necessarily put the time and energy into creating the systems and the processes. Um, you know, you just kind of do everything from the top of your head. But as you grow your business and you bring additional people in, you need to have things in writing. You need to have templates created. You need to have, you know, a good understanding of, what is our application process so that you've standardized it across the board so that you're preventing any you know perspective issues with um, you know whether it's um, somebody saying that you know there was discrimination in in you know placing the tenants or you know whatever whatever um, it is you want to make sure that you have this scalable sustainable um, business model in order to be able to support your growth because you know there's things that you have less control over as a real estate investor. For example, the, the amount of competition that's out there right now, there's a lot of people looking at multi-unit buildings. So what are you going to do to set yourself apart from all those other people who are looking for those buildings? Um, so you want to make sure that where you can, where you have control, that you've got the mechanisms in place to be able to bring additional people in uh, to support you so that you can focus your time on your highest and best use of that time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and more gears towards like exactly what you were saying before about your husband and his place in the business is to find the cash flowing properties. And then mm -hmm. after that, you've got other people in place to do the rest of the stuff, right? And he can move on and focus on other things rather than uh, like saying, well, no, no, no. Now you've got to focus on the property management of this place, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, so yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense and it's good advice. Definitely. And I think not enough of us delegate the tasks that we don't want to do to other people, but it can help your growth exponentially if you learn how to do that. And it's taken me time on and off, um, over the years of delegating some tasks and taking them back and then realizing I shouldn't have taken them back and then trying to get rid of them again and finding the right people. And it's, is definitely something I think if, if, um, if, you know, you can help someone like you is there to help people build those systems that that can be invaluable. Absolutely. Um, and sometimes it's, it's not, you know, as a coach, my job isn't just to provide information. I, I, what I believe I do anyways is, um, force people to take a really good look at what they're doing and the decisions they're making. And sometimes people make decisions and they just do it in their head and they move forward. And when you, when you bring them back and you go, whoa, 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 why did you make that decision? You know, what was your thought process behind that? And, and is there a better decision that could have been made? And I think that can be absolutely key sometimes too. You know, we have things that either we're good at or we're comfortable with, or we prefer to do, or sometimes we make a decision about how to spend our time because we're avoiding something. And when there's somebody else there who's going to call you out on what you're doing, then sometimes you make different decisions and that's for the better. So let's, let's go a little more on the team aspect and building power teams and team building. Obviously that's a big part of your, uh, your success and, and being able to delegate and have multiple people help you get to where you are. How do you suggest people go about building a great team around them? Um, how do they find, you know, the power team, the realtors, the mortgage brokers, the coaches, what goes into those decisions and how do you recommend people um, think about that? Well, um, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of different ways people can start with, with a power team, but what I think it really comes down to is, is finding the people that you resonate with. And I know there's some people who will be listening, who will be going, ah, oh, resonate energy, blah, blah, blah. Like I just, you know, I just want to find the best or I just want to, I just want the numbers. But the reality is you have to think about, you know, that saying, you know, you are the, the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, you, you want to find the people who look at the world not necessarily exactly the same way that you do, but at least have the same values and ethics. And um, my typical default position when I'm moving to a new market and I'm looking to build a power team is the first thing I do is I reach out to the people who are already in my network. I reach out to the people who I believe have the same values and ethics that I do. And I say, do you have any contacts here? Do you know of anybody? And that's typically where I begin the process because 
probably the people that I'm in alignment with are, we're going to be similar. And then the people who would be part of their network would again be similar. Um, there's a lot of, you know, social media, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? So it's amazing in terms of the amount of information that it brings to us, um, the amount of information that was not readily available before as investors that we can access, um, you know, past, past sale prices in the area and, you know, even just down to tax information and that kind of stuff. It all used to be in books and, you know, some dusty room in a, you know, municipal office somewhere. Um, but it's also challenging because there's such a, a tremendous amount of information coming at us. You know, instead of just hearing about, okay, one realtor in, in Peterborough, all of a sudden there's all these realtors in Peterborough who are, you know, in our face and, and marketing and advertising and wanting to work with us. So I think the first step is to, um, to reach out to your network and ask for recommendations and then develop a, a short list of people. Um, if nobody in your network has uh, recommendations in that area, my next suggestion is to go online and take a look at, you know, what people are saying, what the reviews are. Um, if you're looking for a realtor, then go on realtor.ca and see who has the most listings, not the highest number of listings, but the most quality listings, you know, who, which realtors have actually taken the time to measure the rooms and to, accurately complete. I mean, how many properties have you guys looked at where it says, uh, you know, it's a, a multi-unit building and it says number of bathrooms and it says zero. Like that stuff is out there, right? Because people just, just aren't paying attention. They, they, it's not about, um, it's not about the attention to detail. It's about the quantity and I'm after the quality. Yeah. You know what I've seen a lot, Elizabeth sideways pictures that always blows me away. Someone's paying a realtor yeah. to do a listing for them and the pictures are sideways. I still can't get around <laughs> that. It's like the press of one button to make it straight so you can look at it instead of turning your computer. But, yeah. <clears throat> um, now, you know, another point that I might want to make just, just because it's self-serving is that I get very few, I shouldn't say I get very few listings. I do very few listings. It's one of those things that I'm not super into. What I'm into is uh, helping people find properties that work as investments for them. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's uh, multiple dimensions in finding someone that might work as that part of that power team. Absolutely. And, and it, they, you want them to have a fit with you, right? I mean, you can tell usually within the first, you know, I like to say you have a really, really good understanding after the first meeting, but you know, just something basic, like, you know, you reach out to them and say, hi, I'm looking for a, a mortgage or I'm looking for a mortgage broker. And, um, do they call you back? You know, do they respond to your message? Um, and, and that's one of, I think the benefits of, of having, you know, a, a coach or a mentor on your team is usually you have access to their network as well, which means that, you know, you're getting the, the in-person referrals, um, as opposed to just, uh, as opposed to trying to find people on, all on your own. Mm -hmm. So now you are a big part of the Ontario Landlord Watch. Do you want to tell us about that group and how you're involved with them? Sure, absolutely. So Ontario Landlords Watch, uh, we're an advocacy group. And what we're basically looking to do is to affect some change on, um, on the current Residential Tenancy Act. We have a tremendous opportunity um, I don't, not sure if, if you guys are aware, but the uh, ombudsman is actually hearing complaints right now about some of the challenges that tenants and landlords are facing when dealing with the Residential Tenancy Act and the Social Justice Tribunal. Um, the, the delays that we're going through right now are absolutely, uh, it, it's, it's terrible. Um, you know, we have, we've had situations, you know, we put in, we filed an L1 in January, January 7th, I think it is. Uh, we called yesterday and yesterday would have been March the 3rd. We don't even have a hearing date scheduled for an L1. So this is a tenant that- explain what an L1 is? Yes. <laughs> so we've already served an N4 because a tenant has not been paying rent. Um, we gave them the required uh, wait period of time, which is 14 days approximately. Um, and then uh, we filed an L1 asking that we have a hearing for the tenant not paying rent. Um, and we've waited, so we waited the 14 days and now we've waited two months. And right now, depending on which jurisdiction you're in, I've seen um, some, some municipalities or some jurisdictions are booking in June right now. And that's for the sheriff for eviction. No, no, 
That's for the hearing. That's for the hearing. That's oh, for the hearing. Goodness. And then there's 11 days mandatory waiting period before you can bring in the sheriff. And then we just had an eviction um, that was scheduled to be done on February the 18th. Is that the day that was right? The Friday before the family day weekend. Uh, they called at four o'clock on the Friday afternoon and they said, due to unforeseen circumstances, the sheriff will not be there on Tuesday to do the eviction. We're like, pardon? Pardon me? Four o'clock on the Friday for a two o'clock or for a, an eviction on the Tuesday and everything was closed on Monday. We're like, what is going on? They said, we can't tell you anything more. Unforeseen circumstances. We'll call you back. They didn't call back. We called and called. Friday, we got a new date and it was March the 11th. Mm-hmm. Wow. See, it's been a while since I've been through that. So I've actually been through that myself too. And it was quite smooth at the time. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, I guess about three years ago since I actually had to get the sheriff involved. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it, it was rather smooth. Um, but I've been hearing this from a couple of other people as well that that this process is taking significantly longer and the sheriff's um, jurisdictions are growing and growing. Yes. With, (laughs) with limited resources. Absolutely. Um, There, there's just, there's, I mean, the entire system is so bogged down. I can't remember the exact numbers, um, although I should, but um, there's roughly, I'd say 80 to 90,000 applications a year um, to the, uh, landlord and tenant board in Ontario, and about 80 to 90% of them are landlords um, asking for tenant evictions for non-payment of rent. Mm-hmm. Like of, of the, the number that go in, about 6,000 of them are tenant applications. Well, it's, it's about time someone was looking into this then. Absolutely. They, they are. But so, so for, um, for people listening that want to get involved in this, how can they get involved? Where can they learn more? Uh, well, there's a couple of different ways they can get involved. I'm so glad you asked that. Um, so Ontario Landlords Watch members is our um, is our Facebook group. So people can send me a friend request on Facebook, Elizabeth Kelly. Um, and so they can send me a friend request on Facebook and I will, out, I will add you to the group. Um, our head and the founder of the group is Kayla um, Andrade and she's phenomenal. She's absolutely worked tirelessly. Uh, we've put together an executive advisory committee and we're becoming much more organized. Uh, we're going to have subcommittees so people, if they want to volunteer some time, they can um, they can join one of the committees, whether it's membership or um, advocacy efforts. Uh, people can host meetings in their area, you know, go to a local meetup group, do, just do a, a little presentation, 10, 15 minutes talking about Ontario Landlords Watch and, and what we're looking to do, the change that we're looking to affect at the, at the um, government level. And uh, if people aren't able to donate time, if, you know, they have a couple of dollars, you know, I, I sort of look at it like, uh, you know, what's a, what's a dollar a door per year to have someone advocating on your behalf, trying to, to make things better. I think a lot of people, a lot of tenant groups, you look at the, you know, the suggestions they're making for the change that needs to happen. And they're not really sustainable because they don't look at the overall business model. And the reality is part of the reason rents are going up so quickly is because there's so many, um, damaged units. So many, you know, the, the whole system is just so broken and the, the future tenants unfortunately end up paying to some degree for, you know, what's happened in the past. And people don't want to provide housing anymore. So we're creating this tremendous housing shortage. The reality is, you know, you look at the quality of housing and the amount of housing provided and small private landlords were, we're 50% of the housing in the province. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so people can go on Facebook, like you said, and, and, and yeah. get in touch with you there about that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm glad that you brought this up because I don't think that we have really spoken to anybody else about that. And I mean, not all of our listeners are from Ontario, but, uh, but I, I'm sure there's probably an equivalent group wherever you are listening and you can get involved and help out and, and make a difference, I think, for all of us. So definitely let's uh, shift into the coaching and tell us a bit about that, how you, um, you know, what, what that's all about coaching. You have a course they offer. Uh, Do you want to tell us about that? 
Sure. I, I actually have a, a couple of different ways that, that I work with clients and it's really strictly based on, on their needs and where they're at. You know, I have some people who come to me and they, they just need help with a deal. They need help with analyzing, making sure that they haven't forgotten everything, anything, um, you know, they factored in all the numbers or maybe they need help, you know, putting together some creative financing. So um, I have sort of smaller opportunities or different ways that we can work together for sort of a, a set period of time. Um, the majority of the, the clients I work with, though, are people who are either starting out in real estate and they're just overwhelmed. And, and that's completely understandable. I mean, you, you look at, you know, our social media and, and TV and everything else and, you know, you can do a flip in 30 minutes and according to HGTV and, um, you know, you can, there's burr strategies and there's sweeting and there's student rentals and there's multi-units and there's rent-to-owns and wholesaling and there's so many there's so many pieces, but how are you going to put the pieces together and figure out what your journey needs to look like? So you need to spend some time looking at, you know, what is your current position? What are your current resources, your assets? How much time do you have? How big is your network? And you need to figure out where you are now and then create a plan for the future. So the second type of client, the uh, second type of person that I would typically work with is someone who comes to me and they have, you know, a small portfolio already, but maybe they're at the point where the banks have said, yeah, I'm not going to lend you money anymore. They still want to grow. They want more units, but they're going, you know, um, I can't get financing with the A lenders anymore. What do I do? Like with the, the major banks, or they're in a position where they're going, you know, I have this portfolio, but it's not providing the returns that I was looking for. Um, you know, I want to be able to leave my job, but I just don't have the cash flow that I thought I would. Like, what am I doing wrong here? So, really, it's about you know, sort of analyzing, being strategic and planning so that you're not just kind of running randomly off and, you know, I'm going to take a webinar here and I'm going to, you know, do this over here and then I'll, I'll, you know, hop to this market over here. Um, you know, my husband and I, when we were starting out, we, we didn't know what we were doing. We made a lot of mistakes. And uh, the way I look at it is if I can sort of share some of my experiences and help other people not make those mistakes, then um, that would be something that uh, I, I feel really good about when I go to bed at night, knowing that I'm, you know, I'm helping people be able to provide, you know, for the, the ongoing financial stability of their family and including enhancing the quality of their lives. So what you're saying is it's not necessarily a course that you're offering then it's, it's more of a, it's more of a support analysis and support. Yeah. Yeah. As some people get stuck in analysis paralysis, you know, they've looked at hundreds of properties and they haven't pulled the trigger and what they need is just that feeling of, I have somebody in my corner. I have somebody to talk to, you know, I, I'm not afraid of what I don't know because there's somebody there who's been through it, who's seen it, who's done it and is going to, you know, have my back. And that's basically what my job is to have your back, you know, whether you're missing um, an education piece, whether you're missing a support piece or literally whether you just need someone to kick your butt and get you moving again. Those three things are, are all part of my role, I believe, as a coach anyway. So, yeah, I, I don't have a specific structured program because everybody who comes to me is different. They're in a different position. And I love having the freedom to be able to customize exactly what I'm doing. Um, now, there might be recommendations. I have people who I have worked with over the years who I'm comfortable with, who I have vetted and who I trust. So maybe there's a piece where someone wanted to learn, for example, private lending. They wanted to learn how to do private lending. So I would refer them perhaps to somebody else who, um, you know, they might take a, a short course or a couple of classes or something along those lines. But ultimately, the way I look at it is by the time I'm done six months with one of my, with one of my clients, I want you to have bought a property, at least one. But what we're going to do is create the systems and processes to make that scalable so that you can buy a property in the next six months. And then you can buy two properties in the following six months and three properties in the six months after that. And my job is just to take you from where you are now to help you get to where you want to be. That's amazing. I love the sound of that. It's not just a, um, not just a, not just a do the curriculum and, and it's almost like reading a book, you know, that way where this is really customized. And I definitely think that that is a, a big bonus, not to say that there isn't a lot of um, coaching courses that are good that you can learn from. Absolutely. That, uh, especially when you're starting out, you know, th those kind of courses might be okay, but this um, something that's more customized sounds like people, maybe when they're in a rut, uh, this would be the way to go, I think. 
Absolutely. And, and people, what I get a lot of times are people who are switching gears. So, you know, they, they've been at their job for a while. They're good at their job. They're typically, you know, they're, they're comfortable and they want something more. They're unfulfilled or they are looking for um, the opportunity to be able to invest in real estate and transition themselves out of their day job. But they, they don't know what they don't know. Well, they know that they don't know everything, but they don't know, you know, the scope of what they don't know. So they really want to make sure that, you know, they maximize the opportunities that they have. So instead of sort of, you know, fumbling and, and trying to figure things out for the next year, they figure they're going to invest the time and the energy and they're going to do it right, right from the very beginning. And I admire that in people. I was the same way when I was learning how to golf. Um, I, I, I had talked to a number of people who golfed and they said, you know, they said, get a coach because they said when you learn the swing the wrong way and you have to unlearn it and then learn the right golf swing then it's a it's a waste of time and energy they said why wouldn't you just get you know uh, a pro at the beginning and learn how to do things the right way from the beginning and that's what i did and it was very rewarding um, and definitely i i was much less frustrated <laughs> and at that point it just once you learn the swing it's just practice right yeah, that's a great point. Those any I can I can think of that in so many different uh, ways. The bad habits are tough to break, right? So if you get in those habits, physically or mentally or you know systematically with business and stuff, like it could be really difficult to to fix that. So that's a good point. Why not start out, you know, as as best as you can in the best way. Yeah. Um. What what is what's your biggest piece of advice you can give to new investors? Um. I know there's a lot of people who say your network is your net worth. Um, I find in real estate, it truly is. I mean, it's, it's not for us. It's not about sales. It's about the relationships that you're going to build and you don't realize um, how important your network is, the people that you know, the relationships that you've built until you're looking for financing, until you're looking for, you know, a joint venture partner or someone who's got RSP money to lend, until you're looking to build a power team in, in a new market. Um, you know, your, your network and the, the people that you surround yourself with, the ideas that they come up with, you know, if you have the opportunity to join networking groups, to join masterminds, to join, um, you know, meetup groups and those kinds of things. I mean, even if you walk away with a handful of, of things for an evening of time invested, it's absolutely worth it. Um, so my, my strong recommendation, particularly if you're just getting into real estate is start attending the, the groups, listening to the pod, podcasts, um, and build your network. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call people. It, it never ceases to amaze me. You know, I've done podcasts before I've been, you know, in, in magazines and afterwards there's sometimes there's radio silence and when people do things like this, when people put themselves out there like this, it's because they're inviting people like pick up the phone, send me an email, you know, reach out to me on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. And there's just silence. And I think people are afraid that, you know, they might be rejected or that, you know, someone might not want to hear from them. And most of the time that couldn't be farther from the truth. You know, real estate investors, we love to talk about ourselves. Let's face it. Right. Like it's hard to meet a group of people who, who don't love to talk about themselves more than we do. Really like that point and something I've, I know that I probably was probably a lot of us starting out or struggled to reach out to people because they're intimidated or they're, you know, worried that I haven't bought anything yet. This person has 400 units or, you know, <laughs> who am I to talk to this person about anything? And everyone was there at some point. Right. And everyone's like, you know, this community, real estate investor community is fairly small. Um, really when it comes down to it and there's always room for more people to come in and, if you have zero units today, you might have, you might have 403 years from now. Right. So absolutely, it doesn't take long. You need to, you need to be comfortable, get comfortable and just, just reach out to some people, top people and see, see what it leads to. Um, you know, trying not to, to waste their time, try and add value to their life in some way. And it'll, it'll all come around and you'll, you'll build your, build your network. And it's amazing when you have some people that you can reach out to at a, in a, in a spur of the moment and need some advice or need some sometimes cash perhaps and different things that you can come up with uh, once you build that network out. Yeah, um, for sure. And, and that's ongoing, right? So that's a great, great tip. I mean, I think that the network that you and I have built here just through doing this 
It's probably helped us grow more than any other aspect of anything that we've done really in our businesses. Uh, would you agree with that? Sandy? Sorry, say that one more time. It kind of was, was slightly on my end. No, I was just saying that I think that the network of people that we've built through doing this mm. podcast, you know, has definitely helped us grow more than anything else that I think that I've done in my business. That, that's Absolutely, yeah. The most important thing that we've done. Other people should start shows and podcasts, interview people themselves. Why not? Everyone loves, like like uh, Elizabeth was saying, everyone loves to come and talk and, and uh, talk on a, in a platform of some sort and share their, you know, good and bad uh, accomplishments. And uh I get the same thing too. People reach out or talk to someone and, um, you know, that they're so, you can tell they're really scared to be reaching out. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really get why. I mean, we're here to help. All of us are. Agreed. So it's, it's let's the go. Unknown, let's connect. Right? It's, it's yeah, the fear of the unknown. Like, I don't know how someone's going to respond and I'm afraid they're going to reject me. So I, it's easier yeah. just to not do that. That's the invitation to reach out to uh, any of us. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay. What's next for you, Elizabeth? What are you planning for the next, uh, let's say five years in your business? Ooh, five years. Eh? We're really, really aiming big here. Um, so in the next five years, I anticipate being in at least one, if not two new markets. Um, again, the multi-unit space I think is, is where I'm going to stay. Um, I anticipate growing my coaching business. Uh, I would like to grow, um, I would like to be able to focus on taking a little more time off. Um, I look back over the last three years and, and I know I've, I've worked pretty hard. I've worked some pretty long hours. Um, I'm not, you know, one of those investors who um, shies away from having those honest conversations about, you know, what's the best way to, to balance your work and your personal life. And uh, I'm at the point now where I think I'd like to spend a little more time, you know, putting working on that balance. Um, I, I think, um, I'd like another dog. <laughs> I lost my dog in August and that's sort of my, my goal in the next six months is, um, is I, I'd like to have another dog. So I just think that they add so much to the quality of life that um, I, I, it's important to look forward planning five years, but um, I believe in, in the ability to reward yourself too. So um, by June, I'd like to have another puppy. That's my, my goal I'm working towards right now. But uh, definitely keep going with the, the multifamily and a couple of new markets in the next five years. So, um, Elizabeth, just so that I understand, because, I mean, it's, you can just go out and get a dog today. Mm -hmm. So is it that you don't feel like you're prepared because you're working too much? So are these hand-in-hand -hand goals, is that what's happening? or? Uh, yes. Um, there's also, I have to wait for a puppy to be available because there's a particular type of dog that, um, so last time when I got my dog 15 years ago, he was, um, he was a, it was a mini poodle and he's not very well, he wasn't very well suited for life in Kirkland Lake. So I want a dog that's, um, that can, can do the outdoors without, <laughs> without needing boots and a coat to go pee. <laughs> I got that. Okay. And well, what kind of dog are you looking for? Uh, I'm looking at a Britney Spaniel, actually. So if anyone is a breeder. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, great. Now, all of this has been amazing. Thank you for sharing so much. And uh, we've, we've covered so much more than I actually even thought we were going to. And, I, and, and you've been very open about everything. So thank you so much for all of that. Well, thanks for giving me the opportunity. Every, every time I talk about it, it gets a little bit easier and it gets a little less, uh, I don't know. I just feel a little less judged because people have been so supportive and, and I'm, I'm really honored by that. You know, you see social media every day and there are people who are, there's just trolls out there. Right. But I haven't had anyone like that. And it just, it helps to hear other people's stories and to hear how they've, you know, come through challenges and, and what they've overcome for sure. How can people get in touch with you if they're interested in learning about the Ontario Landlord Watch or the coaching that you offer? Where can they get in touch with you? So best thing you can do for Ontario Landlords Watch is find me on Facebook because I'll just link you directly into the group. So uh, Elizabeth Kelly, Newmarket is how you can find me on Facebook. Um, if you are interested in more information on coaching or anything like that, uh, you're certainly welcome to Elizabeth at ekconsulting.ca. But okay. I'm, 
I'm on Facebook quite a bit. So even if you want to talk about coaching and consulting, you're more than welcome to reach out to me on Facebook for that too. Okay. Got it. And um, we will have the link for that EK consulting. So it's Elizabeth at ekconsulting.ca, but don't worry. We're going to have the link in the show notes. So you will be able to find it whenever you need it, whenever you hear this episode. So that's great. Thank you again so much. Uh, This has been awesome. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to, to chat a little bit. And it's been great connecting with you guys again, too. Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, 289-389-6846 would be, would be best. Or uh, Sandy at McKayRealtyNetwork.com. And you? Yeah, we don't mention it too much. But we're like a, we have a, a group on Facebook as well for the show. So there you go. They should go like that. And they can get all the episode updates there as well. I think it's Breakthrough Real Estate Investing, right? Yeah. So go over there and, and join the group. Um, if someone wants to reach out to me, it's rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. That's the email address. And again, thanks everybody for listening and we will see you next time. Thanks guys.